Hello, I'm David Beasley Kenyon. I live in Perth, WA. I'm going to tell people about myself and um, I'm a nerdy kid like my father and and um, we, I um, love computers like him. Oh man, I'm not used to this. Um, so I'm very nervous to do this podcast and um, I love gaming too. Finally, someone here that will actually talk to me. These other two will never talk to me about games. They just, I go on and then they just, they leave the room while I talk about <laughs> it and then they come back later. That's how it usually works. You could be Jason's new best friend, I think. Uh, and could be. Don't, be. don't be nervous at all. You've done a great job introing yourself and you were also very brief. You kept it short, which we can never do. So that's amazing. I can't wait to give star ratings to the ACDC crew on who did a better job during this episode. I'm thinking it's not going to be me. Yeah, it's probably me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Didn't take long, did it? <laughs> Three minutes, 15 seconds in, and we're already well weighted to one side. I'm not going to say which, but I'll leave, I'll leave you all to figure that out. So, Jason, over the last a couple of weeks, couple of episodes ago, we talked about a show that you are a big fan of, yes. Detective Conan. Yes. Um, David and I have started to watch said show. We're not a long way through it. I think of the one thousand and one thousand one hundred and forty-five episodes or whatever there are, <laughs> we're down. We're through about eight or nine of them by now. I think maybe maybe a couple more than that. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, it's it's pretty difficult to say you're anywhere near anything with that series because we watch it all the time, and I think we're on season six, maybe. And you have Jeez. all I think there's thirty at thirty thirty episodes, if only thirty seasons. Plus, there's a bunch of like full length movies, and then there's crossovers with other shows where they kind of intertwine a little bit. So, wow. We were wondering about movies, so that's good news because we were talking about that just last night. I think. Yeah, we were. I can, I can, uh, I can help with that. Well, that's that's good to know. So, what we've got David on here because he's really keen to talk about this show, his thoughts, and I thought we we all thought it'd be a good idea to get him on because we're a certain demographic, but I think David probably represents a different demographic, um, being a child born after the production of this series. I have a question. Yes. What does demographic mean? That's a good question. This is one for Martin. <laughs> okay, so I'll take over that because I'm the dictionary guy. Demographic, when your dad says that, uh, good question, by the way, he's talking about a particular group of people. So maybe a certain age or maybe their gender or where they live. So he's saying that we're a bunch of older white guys, but you're younger and you're cooler. So that's what he's saying, essentially. To be clear, your father is the oldest, though. <laughs> Sadly, this is true. Sadly, no one voted for him. Jeez. <laughs> what is this, the roast Andrew episode? <laughs> Got to have him on more often. Wow. Yeah, so Conan, David, what, what have you thought of uh, Detective Conan so far? 
I thought it was um, a really good show lately, and um, so the thing about it, I really want this to change. They could add a bit more um, improvement for the like dubbing and stuff <laughs> to like change different languages to see if other people are better at it than just yeah to see like um it's just like a work in progress basically for me which feels like that and um i really want those things to change and um and apart from that i really love the show being into the future uh of watching them i can tell you that they do get better one of the things to be I don't know, people may or may not know this, but shows like this, generally when they are subbed, they're done by fan groups. So none of this has anything to do with the people that actually made the show or created the show or anything to do with the show itself. There's like groups of people online that are just like super mega fans of these things. So they'll take the actual show itself and they'll actually go through and create these subtitles for each episode and then release them in um, completely legitimate ways on the internet. <laughs> and then people like me download them. So that that's why you may see somewhat of a variation in the, uh, the, the subbing on the various ones. And this was back in 1996. So it definitely things ramp up in quality, both from a animation standpoint uh, as well as other aspects of it. But I have, Two questions for you. And there it is. <laughs> We'd be disappointed if you had any more or any less. Is this a show? Have you been into any other shows like this previously in terms of um, whether they be anime or, or otherwise? I've been into this show or manga, I should say, like a book called mm. My Hero Academia. Mm. Who I think it was made in Japan, but it's English. So mm. um, you read the book backwards, which you're not really used to doing. So I have to do like this, then flip it like backwards. Like, right. Yep. Very yeah. cool. And you watched Naruto for a while, didn't yeah, you? Naruto. As well? Say that yeah. again. Naruto. Oh, okay. Oh, and that was, Step it up. That was kind of along the same lines, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But. This is the first one I've I've experienced, and uh, it's got a kicking song. The song yeah. on it is super weird when you see it translated into English. Yeah, and the song, oh. the intro songs and the outro songs change as they go along. So after say ten episodes, there'll be a new intro song, and then after fourteen, there'll be a new outro, and they they continually change as the series goes on. Cool and. We've now, David. Can you also just talk about the different characters just quickly? Because I love your pronunciation. Can you just run us through the, t the two or three main characters that we're enjoying so Rani far? Rani Chan, the bad detective guy, which I forgot his name, <laughs> and um, Kanankun. <laughs> yep, bad detective man. That's basically almost word for word what I call him as well. <laughs> and what's 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 Kanankun's? Uh, Name when he's uh, more when he's older. Shinichi. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, now I have <laughs> question two, which I've now forgotten. Um, oh, act, along the lines of what we were just talking about, actually, what is your? There's going to be many more characters added as it goes on, so there's only really a handful at this point. 
but who is your favorite so far? Probably the bad detective guy because he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I I can fully respect that. That is an excellent answer. See, whereas my favorite is the uh, this he has a little group of uh, kids that he's become friends with because the they all think he's boys. a kid. Yeah, the detective boys exactly, and. Although there's a girl in the Detective Boys, so I know. Isn't that quite ridiculous? That out. <laughs> but she's so into it; she doesn't even <laughs> care. She's just like, "Yeah, we're the Detective Boys." And it's like, "All right, do what you're gonna do." So my favorite is the Detective Boy that actually looks like he's about a detective teenager. Oh, the Genta, big, the big guy that seems to eat a eat a lot and uh, a bit of the comic relief. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he he's is, uh, he is a classic. How he is the same age as the other boys, I haven't quite figured out. That's one of those things we just look over and say, okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Much like how a teenager drank a potion and turned into a child, we're just going to let it go. I'm on board with that. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had an issue with that that little plot device. Now, I, I, have, I am super stoked that you that you kind of got onto this and are enjoying it. That's, uh, that's really fun. To, this was able to traverse over from from north to south and uh yeah that's just that's awesome i i, yeah, I so look forward to hearing as it progresses for you listeners oh. that if yeah if they have kids and they want they want to get a chance if they get an opportunity to see this show is really good really good for um kids and parents to watch together as well i just want to include martin for a second he had a question oh thanks david thank you very much david yes i have a question for you david uh look your dad's a podcaster now you're on the podcast. I think that's awesome. But I want to know, what do you think or what does the family think about your dad being a podcaster? Because I know that when I talk to my family and friends, they say, oh, that's kind of cool. Like you're doing stuff and talking about what interests you. But you're also a bit of a dork, Martin. You're a bit of a nerd. <laughs> what do you think about your dad? Um, he's a bit like me. Um, and mum is kind of okay with it. Um, she says yep. um, she like likes a podcast and dad's friends, um, Martin and Jason. And um, that's basically all I can say. I didn't have that much time to look into it. David, so I, I just want to say your, your mother was on here one time and mm -hmm. I don't want to expose her or anything, but she really enjoyed being on the podcast. So I just want to say, don't let her... <laughs> fool you into thinking <laughs> that she's not super into the podcast because she is i have two follow-up questions quickly <laughs> um number one what is your favorite game you're playing right now because neither of these two will talk to me about video games and um yeah let's start there um my favorite one is probably roblox and assassin's creed mm. um i think they're very good games because on Roblox, it's a platform where there's other games on it that you can play with creators and stuff. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and it's like um, a nice experience. And an Assassin's Creed, it's um, very good how they got the graphics, made it into kind of like um, an RPG kind of thing. And um, they just designed the game very well and got the voice acting good very well and made it into like um a real world that you're working in in like um so would assassin's creed game in the style of roblox be the most awesome thing ever or horrible roblox is a bit like blocky and stuff because yeah. um yeah roblox i think you've heard of this yes. platform before roblox 
and um, I think um, Roblox is a bit better than Assassin's Creed. That's my personal <gasps> opinion. There we Whoa. go. Whoa, bombshell. <laughs> this is where you come for the bombshells, hemispheric views, and that was a big Take one. that, GameSpot. <laughs> you guys Man. don't even have GameSpot. That did, that did not land at all. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Second question, yep. and probably my final question, but I've been known to say that before. If you were going to start your very own internet podcast with friends, school, fam, whatever, anybody, pick whoever you want to do, or by yourself, that works too. What would it be about? About gaming, definitely. <laughs> and um, like I would bring Seb, Sebastian, into my podcast. I don't know if you know about him or not. And, I do not um, know. No. Who's yeah. that? And it's a friend that lives mm. in Bridgetown and he's a very nice one and and the maybe one more which is um Anton in our school. He's very mm. nice to me. And um yeah, that's basically and all what I would need. You, what would you talk about? Gaming. I, I said oh, it at the that. start, yeah. Sorry. What would the title be? Do you have a title already picked out? I bet um, you do. Probably the the boredom busters. Excellent name. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm not even a huge gamer, but I would listen to that. I would listen to there that show. Go. Now you just need to find somebody that's close to you that has the equipment necessary to record a podcast, and then you're set. Yeah. Thank you, David. I appreciate the uh, the feedback. I hope you're you continue welcome. enjoying Detective Conan. Thank you. An announced typing tournament. All right, here we go. So I've sent you both a message, which includes a link to a free typing test. Inspired by Natasha, because she's challenged me to this before, and there's been no practice here, and I haven't warned either of these guys that I'm going to do this, being Jason and Andrew, because uh, David's left. We're going to do a bit of a touch typing challenge in a one-minute free test, okay? So you're going to open up the link in your browser, and you should see your own generated text. Let me, t let me know when you've seen that. So what's going to happen is we're going to start roughly the same time. What we're going to do, we're going to type for a minute. We're going to get to the end and then we're going to share the typing speed and accuracy that we received. It's one time only. Any of us could stuff up and we're going to share the screenshot of what we've done in the show notes. But we're also going to screen record with QuickTime or whatever other tool we want. And we're going to add it to the YouTube channel so the listeners can see it. All right. So... Now, just to make sure we've all got a different text, because it auto-generates on this site, uh, we're going to say the first three words that pop up. So mine starts off with the more uncomfortable. Andrew? The sport of. And Jason? When you're on. Okay, perfect. So when I say go, we're all going to start. It doesn't matter if we don't finish at the same time, because it is all time to a minute for each of us. And then we're going to share our results. Okay? Three, two, one, go. Ah. This is it's awful. not. It's not telling you where your cursor is. Ah! Is it meant to be? Do you oh, it's not working. Something. Hang on. Uh, window wasn't active. <laughs> Meanwhile, Martin's just like all, just so hardcore. Ah, oh, jeez. It makes a typing noise. It does. I mean, my computer. What the? So do you get like docked points? <laughs> Oop, I'm stuffing up myself now. <laughs> it's hard when you've got people on the phone. What if my strategy Jeez. is to just talk? Oh, man. Shut up, Jason. 
hope that maybe <laughs> it's very distracting i'm doing worse <laughs> maybe that will work in my benefit oh oh everything went away ah. all right Wait. so we no. all have a result oh i've not typed like that in a while that was typing from copying is different from typing from your brain all right well, I can tell you very honestly that I did not practice this. I've only done it the once with Natasha, and it was way harder <laughs> having people talk at the same time. We'll see if you're right. So I can tell you that, um, and I'll just get in there quickly. I did worse than the first time that I did this. <laughs> Good. And, that was uh, Jason's fault. <laughs> <laughs> so my uh, you didn't say there was a rule where people couldn't heckling. Talk. No, 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 it's good. It's good because that's, it's a podcast. That's the whole idea. So my speed was 78 words per minute with 95% accuracy. <laughs> I almost just spit soju all over my screen. What, what, what were those numbers again? Oh, yeah, sorry. 78 words per minute, 95% accuracy. If I, if I was match fit, I would have taken you. I, I like to think that, you know, but this, you thrust this on me with no, no training time, no warm-ups. Um, I went for 58 words per minute at 95% accuracy. <laughs> I'm going to print. I, I want to print my certificate. Oh my gosh. Wow. All right. I will preface this with, I don't know the alphabet. <laughs> it's that Dvorak keyboard you're using. <laughs> it's the Dvorak and it doesn't have letters on it. You know, the like blank keycaps. It's that one. That gets you every time. And it's split. And one is at a 45 degree angle, the opposite way of the other. It's ergonomic. 39 words per minute, 98% <laughs> oh, accuracy. Good. You're very accurate. Slow and terrible. Well, I thought that was a lot of fun and uh, we all had the pressure on. So here's what we're going to do from here on. Uh, the three of us can go away and do this properly separately if we want without the pressure of me throwing it on and, you know, <laughs> yelling at each other. But on top of could be worse. But what we're going to do, we're going to upload the screen recordings to YouTube, share the screenshots in the show notes. But I would also love listeners to go to the show notes and take the link that we're going to include there to this particular one minute test and share a screenshot of their own result in the Hemispheric Views Discord at Hemispheric Pod on Twitter or send it to us on micro.blog at Hemispheric Views as well and show us how well you typed or how poorly you typed. And we'll have a, we'll have a bit of fun. It's only a minute. Yeah, it's only a minute. It's a minute, and whoever has the best combined words per minute and accuracy wins a prize. So there. Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Have you heard of Patreon? That sounds familiar. It's new. It's very new. It's a new thing where you go throw a couple bucks in someone's uh, till, and you get, like, cool stuff. And... This is October now. I'm not sure if you're aware. October has started. Therefore, October 16th is Hemispheric Views Live Watch for all patrons. Oh, oh yeah. I know. Big like, deal. Who does that? Does anyone else do a live watch of what? <laughs> Crocodile Dundee. Oh, crikey. Exactly. Now that's a movie. We're going to watch it live with everyone else while we... Give our opinions slash commentary over the film. Um, probably more commentary than film because I really think no one's showing up to just watch Crocodile Dundee. But if you're a patron already, and if you're not, sign up now, tomorrow, the next day, up until October 16th. One 
primeplus.com. It's the only URL you should ever need. It should be in your favorites bar. It should be your only bookmark. It should be your homepage. You should print it out and hang it on your wall in a frame. Um, you should rent a airplane with one of those banners <laughs> behind it that says oneprimeplus.com. Fly it around your city. These are just some of the things people are doing already. Not to mention, like if you haven't signed up yet, you're missing out on the monthly newsletter, the monthly single topic show where we do a, as they say in the corporate world, deep dive into one particular matter. Synergy. We rescue uh, behind the scenes and extra topic stuff in our HV minis from the vault. Yeah. The benefits are truly endless other than when they end. But for everyone that's already a patron, thank you so much, because that's just like the coolest thing ever to be able to see people that care at all about anything we do. So thank you to all of our lovely patrons at all levels, especially at the um, highest level. Just saying, if you want to be, you know, maybe just a little bit cooler than the rest, there's a way to do that. Do you know your neighbors? And I bring this up because... Yeah, I'll, I'll dive into this because really, I think we know people across the world better than the people who live next door or above or below us. This being a prime example, right? A one prime plus example, oh. if you will. There you go. And it comes to mind because quite often, like we know neighbors and what they look like where we live here in Wollongong, but we don't actually know who they are. And we've actually started to come up with personas or different things to represent who they are rather than actually knowing who they are because our lives don't sink and we never get to meet them. Prime example being next door, uh, there are people we have nicknamed Tim and Tamina because the guy looks like Tim Cook and she kind of looks like a lady Tim Cook as well. And I'm not making fun of who they are, but it's like, wow, they both have these really you know, they, they, they dress really sensibly and they look like really nice people. Like they would do the prayer hands on stage at a keynote. Is your Tim super ripped now? I think so. Yeah. He's been working out in lockdown. Yeah. And I don't say this to make fun of them. They just look like really nice people who kind of resemble Tim Cook, but we don't actually know who they are. So you two, maybe starting with Jason in this case, are there any people who live around you or who you've lived nearby before and you knew really well, or you came up with a different story for them? Anything like that? So uh, interesting. We So we just moved fairly recently and in the middle of a pandemic. So in terms of where we live now, although we've lived here for a year, I would say we know of the people that live around us. I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I made a map of all of the houses in the neighborhood with all of, and I fill in their names children's names, pets' names, etc. on this map so that when I am going down the street and I see one of them, I can quickly pull out my phone, tap a button, and so I can see my map and say, oh, that's Joanne. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Because as we've already covered, my memory is less than a goldfish. So um, I need that. regard. Whether I like these people or not, I just doesn't stick for whatever reason. So... We sort of kind of know people, but again, like when we first moved in, the last thing we were going to do is just go walking around knocking on doors like, hey, we live here now. Here's COVID. We know of the people. We know we know their names. We haven't really done much in the way of interacting or anything like there's no block, you know, gatherings or anything just by the nature of the world right now. So I think it's it'll be much better 
whenever this is all into some kind of, you know, oh, it's going to be 4th of July barbecue. Everybody's going to congregate and hang out and stuff or whatever. But that's just not happening. So there's there's not really been much in the way of knowing our neighbors, I would say. Well, it's a fantastic question to ask, perfectly timed, because we just had the return of our beloved neighbor who's been renting out his house for the last year. This week he has moved back in and Jacob, we like, we love him. He's the nicest young man. I sound like such an old person saying that. He's the nicest young man. I say he has parties. <laughs> he has parties Gentlemen. that finish at a reasonable time. He's like 45. Cucumber sandwiches, I do declare. Where did he go? Did, did, have we grilled him on where he, was, where he was at for a year? Yeah, well, he's still quite young, um, and he actually moved back home for a year. I think it was basically he could make more money renting out his house and living with mum than, than having your own house. So he got a bit of a kickstart with the mortgage payments, I think. But he is so such a great guy. He was already out there you know, a week back, and he's already gone out and fixed all his front sprinklers and done handyman work. I'm like, meanwhile, my broken sprinkler is still out there looking broken for about six months. I know. I said to him, I said, can I subcontract you out? He's so nice that he said, yeah, I can give you, I can, you know, I'll give you a hand. God, you, Jacob, you're too nice. Oh man, what do you think Jacob's saying about you on his podcast? Oh, he's right probably now? saying he's crazy. He's you crazy this old guy people. Next door, he comes up to me saying to install sprinklers for him. Like, what did ugh this guy? I know, but so we also recently got a swimming pool installed in our backyard, and we've gone to the point where we just say, Jacob, if you ever want to swim, just jump the fence. Just come on in. You know, we don't care. I don't care. Trust you. Like, what a legend. Do you ever? Do you ever? Do you have a bit of a home improvement Wilson thing going on? Like he's either Wilson or you're Wilson. Oh, 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 oh peering over the fence. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god, where's where has this gone? Where did we just? What happened? Yeah, although I see his whole head. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, that works. One of you's quoting Confucius. Um, I like him a lot. In terms of other neighbours on our other side, we have actually three units. I know the um the middle unit people. I kind of have, I've met, they're like an elderly couple, even older than me, and they speak a different language. And when, sometimes when I'm hanging the laundry outside, I just hear them yelling at each other in this really um, European, this European language that sounds brilliant. I don't know if they're angry with each other or they're just emotive, but they're always, or deaf, probably a bit of all three. They're yelling at each other, but it sounds fantastic. They always have cooked breakfasts, and I just want to sometimes go over there and hang out. Maybe you and Jacob could go over there sometime. A couple of houses down, we've got a family who their kids go to the same school as our kids and we see them a bit, not hugely close, but enough that the kids know each other and will occasionally hang out. Nothing too intense. Uh, know the people across the road. Um, they've just recently had a baby, know their names. Um, so, yeah, and then we've got the, the old lady down the street that is basically like glue lady. Um, if I said she's Esme... That would make sense to Martin, probably not so much to Jason. She's the Esme of our street. Everybody knows her. Everybody loves her. She is brilliant, and she um, always knows what's going on. Forgive me. I might have forgotten something. What do you mean by Esme? Oh, maybe you don't know. Esme, maybe maybe I'm aging myself again. A famous Australian show called A Country Practice. There was the busybody old lady. Her name was Esme, um, and so therefore an Australian personality type who always knows what's going on, is Esme. Question. Um, wh what is a glue lady, <laughs> first of all? 
Can you can you clarify like, that a little like, bit? Like you know, you have those people that 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 everybody orbits around that person, and she maintains the connections between everybody. So she can she can tell you what's going on at number fourteen, and so you find out later because she's told you, and then she'll relay your news back to number fourteen later. God, Does that make sense? Okay, that makes sense. She's the glue in the sense she's holding the community Correct. together. Yes. Got it. Okay. Otherwise, she has a really big collection of Yoohoo glue sticks if you need one. I want to know what you think about the whole concept of smart glasses. Now, I don't know if you watched this ad that I linked in the show notes to the Xiaomi smart glasses. Those are atrocious. They're hideous. I don't know how many different ways I can say this is an awful idea. They're so ugly. I don't understand what any of that functionality has to do with anything. And no, it's hard pass. See, I thought it was interesting to talk about this because uh, as other podcasters have spoken about before, just with broadly the concept of smart glasses in some form, because we know that Apple's been rumored to do something like this for years because of all their AR kit stuff. It really, really comes down, before you even get to the technological side, just how they look. Now, this is one company's interpretation. Now, I looked at it and I thought, not my style. They seem kind of like normal sunglasses or, or reading glasses, but they're a little bit chunky and you've got the camera thing on them. So fashion-wise, fashion it's going to be, hmm, nah, don't like it, or yeah, they're okay straight away. But what do you both think, like on the record, before Apple ever does such a thing like this if they do. What do you think about like, I suppose the philosophy of this technology or its usefulness? I think it's terrible. I, I don't understand why. So we're going through constantly about everybody's freaking out about screen time, screen time. Oh my God, the screen time. You know what you can do with a phone? You can put it in your pocket and not look at it. You know what you can do with some in your face? Nothing. It is in your, your screen time app is going to be 100% always forever i don't understand how we can have this completely opposed view of how bad screens are but yet everybody's like well of course we got to build one and shove it on your face obviously i the whole smart glasses thing is absolutely just bad it's just not good i i, I see no world in which this iteration or another one is going to be no i i just don't think this is a, a good way to go i i think it the cons just will always stay four steps ahead of the pros in this respect especially with privacy and stuff and everybody's freaking out about everybody's viewing what i'm doing oh my gosh when it's just ads and how they work and then they're like but it's cool if everyone just has a camera on their face constantly forever looking at god knows what and like you, you're at dinner and somebody pulls out a phone. It's like, are we going to like do this or what do we, it's like, that's already weird. Now you've got glass. Martin's got glasses on right now. No one can see that. Is he engaged in the conversation right now? Or is he playing solitaire in DOS mode on his, on his Facebook smart glasses? If he's playing Arcadia, I'm okay with it. Well, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. He's probably doing the, the <laughs> he was doing that on his watch off screen anyway. So I guess that's not much of a departure, but no, this smart glass thing, this is just another thing where tech is chasing a problem that doesn't exist just so they can be first. Yeah. It's, it's just terrible. I mean, how, how distracting would that be? And also I could just imagine the sort of the, the, 
the sick feeling you would get. I don't know if you guys, when you, if you've ever used those Oculus Rift glasses or anything, I find that they're fine for 20 minutes or so. And then after that, I'm like, oh, I feel sick. I feel really queasy. I can't, ima- can't imagine having that kind of rubbish on my face the whole time. And I don't need to see my email and my messages no that does. urgently. Literally no one does. Pop up. Tim Cook himself does not need to see that an email came in right now. If that's the case, then you're running your business incorrectly. If it's that critical that you see something the first second you get it, you have a much bigger problem than that email. And I think everything that they sort of showed is, okay, messages, HUD for directions and stuff. All that is probably better served by audio anyway, which they ha- we have now. And you don't look like a doofus. And the other cool thing about wearables like AirPods, like if you're talking about audio or Galaxy Buds or whatever, you've got things like the transparency modes. So you can still have settings where you're walking through the world, not completely distracted. There's no way that this thing on your face can recede in any way. Have you guys ever used the haptics in the Apple Watch for directions where it'll do like a one kind of buzz for a left turn? another kind of buzz for a right turn when you're just walking around. I've found that to be brilliant where you can just walk. You don't have to have your phone out doing this, especially if it's a place where maybe you shouldn't be just, Hey, here's my $2,000 phone. Like just come steal it. You can just be walking along and it's like, you're like, okay, go left. And then three buzzes or whatever, go right. Like, yeah, the haptic thing is, is a, is a great one. I've found the only thing that I could think of that was a positive about this And I think it kind of goes hand in hand with the idea like VR is a very cool thing, but it's really, really good for gaming. You can't really go outside with it or do anything overly mainstream outside of that. This I see may be potentially good for accessibility purposes. If someone has maybe a vision impairment and it helps them with navigation or something, or maybe if it were used in like extreme sports, GoPro style facial photography, but that's it. That's all I could really come up with. Yeah, I put VR and this kind of thing in two different camps, whereas I see VR as a you're going into a mode purposefully to do a task versus this passive, just something's on your face. Like, How many wasted hours have there been on people blogging about notifications and how to tame your notifications on your Apple watch or your, you know, Google watch or whatever. And it's like, this is going to be a thousand times worse. A buzz on your wrist versus a flash of a stupid mail envelope in your eyeball. And now you can see, like when you look at the sun and you just see sunspots, now you just see little email (laughs) envelopes floating around. Like, I don't know. I, this is this to me is one of the best examples of technology just and companies really just trying to be first. They want to be the one in the comments that says, first, we have smart glasses. And you know what? You know what I would I would say about those glasses to wrap it? I would say those glasses, they're cactus. What whatever whatever could you mean by cactus, Andrew? Cactus. I I said this to Jason in a message the other day. I said it's cactus. And you came back to me with like, what? That one, that one had no, usually when you say things, um, I can kind of be like, well, that's sort of like this. So it probably means that cactus was like, what was that a tight, like, did, did, was that an autocorrect? I'm not sure what's going on here. Is that a Western Australianism, Martin, or is that an Australianism to say something is cactus? Unless it came from another country first, of which I'm not aware. I've heard it on the East Coast here as well. Full Australia. I can give you another example. I could say my front reticulation is cactus and I need Jacob's help. Well, that clears that up. 
I'm glad you used the example of of that because now everybody's on the same page. Uh, here we go. I've looked it up. It was about your MacBook Pro screen. Oh, Jason. yeah, that was cactus. Yeah, that was definitely a cactus emoji. For- mm. Cactus means broken. The thing about cactus, though, is I, I don't I don't understand. That just feels like you just picked a word and and that was it. I don't I'm not. Well, how does how does any language work? You pick a word and you assign a meaning. Where does that tie into broken? I would like to see the 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 just yeah. I would like to see that. Like, well, we started here and we ended up here. Hence, cactus. And you go, oh, of course, okay. I don't know the entomology of it. That's Martin's department. He'll he'll um he'll get that figured out and he'll let us know on the next episode. I have just looked at Urban Dictionary, so. The second definition is probably the one we're looking for is uh, dead, dead or not functioning. And quote, this bloody washing machine is cactus. Now, if that hasn't been written by an Australian, I don't know what has. I wonder if cactus somehow sounds like if you use a really, really heavy Australian accent from some location, if somehow cactus sounds like something to do with being broken and it was just like, yeah, oh, cactus. All right. So, Martin, do you never say cactus? Uh, not personally. Uh, not because I avoid it. Uh, it just doesn't enter my vernacular very often. But I'm known for speaking too formally and in, an ver- in a verbose way, as I am right now. He could have just said no. Foldable phones? So I, like, played with one for, like, 12 seconds today. I don't get it. I'm very confused as to what's so great about a foldable phone. It has a giant crease down the middle of the screen that is beyond in your face and you can feel it. The screen is plastic. I get it. It's a Gen 1, Gen 5, whatever. I Okay, it'll get there. But the phone, when it's open, is like a normal phone, very thin and like a, you know, rectangle shape, whatever, like a phone that's what phones look like now they all look the same goes in your pocket but now it's like well no i can fold it so it's small but now it's one and a half or two point x times as thick but a little shorter what have i really accomplished there i'm not i'm not really understanding why that's good um just was curious if either of you have used one of these fold you probably used one but like seen one or like touched one i just this to me again feels like a somebody came up with an R and D project was like, look what I made, and they're like, ship it, we gotta be the first one to have a foldable phone, and then, okay, we have a foldable phone. I just I'm I'm not seeing the future. Like usually I can kind of see where these things are going and like, oh, I get that this is gonna eventually be that, but the foldable thing I'm not I'm not picking up. I I touched one at JB Hi-Fi. And I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I felt dirty after having touched it. It was like, this is stupid. Um, I moved on and stopped. Never thought about it again. Yeah, I don't. I, it has nothing to do with Android either. Like, I don't care. It could literally, it, you put iOS on that thing. I, I don't care. I just, I don't, I don't understand the functional form factor that this is trying. Like, what's the problem that this is trying to solve? From the basic viewpoint of let's create something that saves space, hopefully, but gives you a bigger screen when you want it, I think that's 
a pretty good idea and I'm glad that people are being creative and doing something because it is easy to settle into here's what our devices look like and we're never going to do anything differently and we're just going to keep evolving it, right? It's good that different people are thinking of different things. I think what I think is wrong is I think there is an issue with just the physics of folding and I don't know how you can put as many generations into it as you like until you can make some sort of Terminator 2 T1000 flexi melting material that reforms itself. If you keep folding something, there's going to be a crease there. So I can't remember which one it was, but you've reminded me of when Bill Gates and Steve Jobs were on stage at the All Things D conference. I think you can see this on YouTube. Bill Gates made this very interesting point about how wouldn't it be cool if we had this rollout device, something that would roll would actually stretch out. And I think, okay, well, rolling sounds like it could be made rigid or flexible and it would stay in place and you could get that. I just think the folding thing is problematic because it's always going to be a little bit broken or be made of substandard material, at least these days. Um, And, you know, we buy different iPads at different sizes because they're good for different things. So just because you've got two devices in one doesn't necessarily mean it's going to do the job of each of one, each one of those devices as well as the dedicated one. So to me at the moment, it's just a world of compromise with a good intention for some creativity. And I don't really ever use iCloud email because I have fast mail. Uh, but I thought I'm going to experiment with something. I had another a new, another domain and I thought I'm going to create a the way that, that you can now use iCloud to create personal domains. So they now offer you can use your own domain, your own email at your own domain, but pipe it through iCloud, which is a new feature. Um, I can confirm that works and it works well and it hides all the mail servers and it does a good job of it. The only limitation is that you're kind of, you're limited to within your, your family unit for, you can have a number of email addresses, but they all have to be in your iCloud family unit for them to get also an email address at that domain, um, which. So you couldn't use it for like a business. It would, it's strictly for. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't even use it for a podcast because me and a co-host of a particular podcast could have, would well like to have the same domain name with our names as email addresses, but we're not an iCloud family, so it doesn't work. But you and David could. Yes, correct. Okay. Correct. So it, it's good. Um, and the fact that they, they also now have that iCloud, that private email relay thing that they, they promote where they give you a randomized email address and it pipes it through to you and you can subscribe to things using that all really good features of iCloud. It's like, wow, email is like really pumping along and had me thinking maybe that's it. Even with those limitations I just mentioned, maybe that's enough for me. Do I need to keep spending hundreds of dollars on fast mail? And I was really, really tempted until all of a sudden we have more email innovation because one password and fast mail have got together and have created their own masked email solution whereby you can subscribe and create a login, save it into one password, it connects to Fastmail, and suddenly you have masked emails in Fastmail as well, but also saved to your one password vault. So it all happens in one step. So I think I think I'm gonna have to now stay. Now granted I, I rage quit one password because of Electron. And I've now resubscribed to 1Password because there's still nothing oh, out there that's anywhere near as good. 
I am paying for fast mail already, so I'm not getting any like introductory discounts from any of these dudes. But I think I um I'm just gonna have to stay with them because I think that's gonna continue to be the best email solution. I have to imagine that no one in the email world saw this coming from iCloud because this feels like a one of the most un natural things from an iCloud standpoint to say, all right, we're going to start setting up some MX records and start like, that just seems like such a not iCloud thing where it's, you have iCloud mail done. That's the end. You use your iCloud address and that's it. That always just kind of seemed like the way it was supposed to be. I, I, I would, I would love to know the, how somebody came up and said, I think we're going to do custom custom domains, do some MX record stuff in the background, do some masking, do all this stuff for them. And that made it through all of the gates of okaying. I'm shocked. And then I feel like this one password fastmail thing had to have been a, not gut reaction, but a strategic reaction to, oh, shoot, they're doing something now finally that actually may compete with us on in some respect because before if you looked at fastmail versus iCloud there, there's no comparison they're two wholly different worlds of how email is handled you either use iCloud because that's just what you do or you like really want to do email stuff with fastmail it was a very clear there was no I wonder which one I should pick you knew where you were going to land but now with the custom domain thing as you did, you went and actually set it up. It was like, wait a minute, I'm already paying for this because I have all this other stuff. Does it just do what I need? And it sounds like it probably does. Um, the only concern I have or questions that I have are, because I've not done this, I was terrified. Everything is working so perfect, perfectly well for me with Fastmail for so many years. I don't want to ever even try to, break that um so if you set it up through iCloud can you still use third-party mail clients or does that somehow still mean you have like you can only use Apple Mail no because everything comes into your iCloud like IMAP email so it's still ultimately IMAP so it's still as long as you can set up an iCloud email account you can get your custom domain emails working and you need to be able to go into your um dns records and set the set the mx records and dkims and all that kind of stuff like is anyone doing that i wonder i wonder how many people are actually going to set that up it seems like such a big leap from anything you've ever had to do on an apple platform in terms of configuration usually it's like click a button done like that's like the extent yeah there's no way. There's no way you can do this without right, having. Right, because now you've got to have it. a domain. You have to know how to set up DNS, MX records, yada yada yada. Time to live this or that or the other thing. It's a real. It's really a departure from I think what we've seen. So, do you think? I have a question for you about this though, because it's not pure iCloud mail without all of this stuff, right? Just like mail, as you said, mail for mail's sake or it's not the full pro thing, do you think it's kind of in a middle no man's land in the sense that the people who really like fast mail aren't going to want to use it other than maybe Andrew experimenting here and that 
other people will just stick with the normal thing. I I think it's perfect for that family tinkerer. So if you've got like like we're the Canyon family and we want to have canyonfamily.com and you know and we want Andrew and David and Hannah to all have canyonfamily.com email addresses. Bang, there it is. You're already in your family group. It's already set, you know, one setting. It's I think that is probably who they're aiming at and that is probably the fat bit of the curve in typical Apple style, you know, that the full-on nerds will either want um, fastmail stuff or the people who just, you know, then there's the other people who will just be, stay in the Google world or what have you. It's, um, so I think it's a bit of a reaction against all the Google and the Microsoft and who all offer that stuff. Oh, yeah, maybe more of a attack at G Suite and all that more so than something like a fast mail that's already very, you know, yeah. privacy conscious, security conscious, and like all the kind of, you know, checks yeah. all the boxes for that stuff. But it's still a, like, you gotta be, it's super easy to, well, it's easy-ish, I would say, to set up fast mail in a general sense. It's not the worst thing. You're not like writing code or something to do it. But that being said, in terms of email, when you look at something like create a Gmail account versus do a fast mail setup, it's pretty hardcore. And like you really have to have a reason to do it. And it's not it's not like it's free either. It's pretty costly. I mean, it's worth it by by every stretch. Their prices are fine. I'm not saying they're not. But, you know, when and we're in this world of everything is free and then you say, well, this is uh, is it a hundred dollars a year, whatever, $50 a year, whatever it is. That's a tough thing. And I think unless you really know you want it, but now, like you said, with the iCloud one, you're probably already paying for it because you have iCloud stuff. So I think the main, the other main thing coming out of this for me is that I can't believe this is actual innovation happening in a moribund space. Email and all that has been sort of, it's just plumbing of the internet that nobody cares about. And all of a sudden there's been innovation. Can I just commend you on using the word moribund? I love that. Thank you, man. Can I commend you on using innovation three times in a row? No, I'm sticking with the moribund. I do have one wrench to throw in your thing here. Um, This whole private relay email addresses and one password, make a different email address for everything you ever email. This is another area where I'm kind of like, Sounds cool, but like kind of who cares because all those emails are coming to me anyway. So now I've got emails coming into my inbox from a hundred different addresses instead of just to one. And now I have to micromanage all of these made up addresses that are like XY3B72 at whatever. And it's like, what was that one for again? Oh, that was for. But that's the thing. You you don't you don't micromanage it. That's where one password comes into the mix because they micromanage it for you. But now I've got eight hundred email addresses in my one password. Is that really fixing anything, or am I just sort of trying to push the problem down the road? Well, it, it makes the email address disposable. So if you're sick of hearing from that person, there's no unsubscribing or worrying about you know who have they sold my email address to. You just delete that email address, and suddenly all your worries are gone. That just feels like a lot of work. I don't know. Just make a filter and throw it in the auto trash it. It just feels like a lot of work for managing email, which doesn't seem to be that big of an issue. Maybe, but maybe that's just me. 
So are you doing this now? Are you doing the Fastmail one? Or are you doing the iCloud one? Well, I've still got a Fastmail subscription for another year, so I'm not doing anything at the moment. I've got the iCloud set up on one domain because I had a spare right. domain. That but I the one password on. thing, are you doing that with your Fastmail? Uh, yeah, I did the connection thing. And I'm doing the Fastmail, but I, ha- I haven't had anything to subscribe to yet. So <laughs> I, haven't had, I haven't had cause to actually invoke it, but I've set it all up. So you're back on Fastmail. You're back on 1Password. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Are we still mad at 1Password? Are we, are, we, are we collectively over that on the internet? Is, are we onto a new thing yet? No, no. We're still, we're still angry, but we appreciate that they, they recognize the, the angst that they have caused the community. And I feel that they're making progressive steps towards improving that situation. As Mr. Default here, I'd like to say that I'm still enjoying iCloud Keychain. I upgraded to an iPhone 13 mini. It is very small. My finger keeps getting in the way of the camera lens. I'm having to learn to re-hold the phone because I keep just expecting a bigger phone. But then yesterday I held my wife's iPhone 12 normal and it seemed comically large. So I think I'm already coming around to the iPhone 12 mini way or iPhone 13 mini way of life. No, well, I'm really enjoying the pocketability of the iPhone 13 mini. Even with my jumbo hands, I think I'm doing okay with it. Is your finger, is it in both lenses or only when you do the wide angle? Because sometimes I'll, that'll happen to me with the wide angle Ooh. where it'll be like the little half top of my finger because I'm kind of holding it. Sorry to clarify, are you talking ultra wide? Shoot, yes, sorry, ultra wide. It's probably more problematic with that one if I think about it, yeah, but... It was, and it's, it's kind of the shock of the new. I'm just getting used to it and figuring out uh, how do I hold this so I can still take a photo. But um, overall, I do love it. Um, the other huge change this phone has brought about is this is my first ever OLED screen. And oh my goodness, it is incredible. I've come from an iPhone XR. Um, and even though I have an iPad pro which still has lcd so this i've never had an oled screen and i've always known that they're good but it's not until you use it every day and you kind of live with it and you take photos with it that the photos and then you go into video mode and it goes into hdr and it's like the screen just goes and lights up vivid vivid color it's incredible yeah it's not quite like going to to uh retina but like it's the next where you're like, wow, I can actually see the difference. O-L-E-D. <laughs>